are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Very few times in life do things live up to our expectations, but that's what we had in this full weekend of Big Ten basketball, specifically the game Big Ten basketball edition between number three Michigan and number four Ohio State. It was that good. We recap all of it on today's Locked On Big Ten podcast. So hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. This is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, February 22nd. First, before we say who this episode is brought to you by, a shout out to my father. It is Rick Stevens' birthday. Happy birthday dad and today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and you'll get 20 percent off your next order joining me on today's full weekend recap of a great weekend of big 10 basketball seven games across two days all 14 teams in action one of those teams the wisconsin badgers and the nightcap on sunday to round out the big 10 basketball weekend so we are speaking with the host of locked on badgers asher Lowe, joining the podcast once again asher wonderful to see you wonderful to be talking to big 10 hoops with you yeah, for Badger fans on the Lockdown Badgers podcast, we'll do our normal recap stuff, but also this gives us the chance to talk about Michigan and Ohio State, and I feel like if you're a Big Ten basketball fan, you deserve, no matter what Big Ten podcast you're listening to, to hear a little bit about the game of the season in college basketball. So good to be on bed to talk about both of those things and maybe even scatter around to some Iowa action. I don't know. We'll see. We'll go around all of the conference. We had all 14 teams in action, but we have to start with the game, Big Ten Basketball Edition. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Ohio State. The first time these two rivals have met as top five schools, it was everything we could have hoped it to be, from the March Madness theme song entering in to Kevin Harlan and Bill Raffery on the call and the high quality of basketball that we saw on Sunday afternoon between both the Wolverines and the Buckeyes left all of the college basketball world astounded by what we were seeing out of two of the best teams in the country and two of the best teams in the Big Ten. Asher Lowe, what were some of your overall takeaways from watching the battle between the Wolverines and the Buckeyes? Two fantastic basketball teams at this point in the season. Two teams that deserve their ranking. This was not, I read a really good tweet. I don't know who tweeted it, but I don't want to just steal the idea and uh, say it's mine because it wasn't. I read it on Twitter, but someone tweeted out that Usually these kinds of games where two great teams are meeting each other or two highly ranked teams, I should say, are meeting each other for the first time. Usually it's about which one's overrated and which one's going to get exposed and who, who, who doesn't deserve that top five ranking. I think if you're a Michigan fan, if you're an Ohio State fan, you absolutely 100% positively come out of that game knowing that both of those teams deserve to be where they are, deserve to be on the one line. That's my first takeaway before we get into the win for Michigan and the actual game itself both these teams looked phenomenal they gave us a show it was at times bad defense but mostly great offense mostly great offense I think Ohio State's first half defense was the worst defense of the game I saw from any team uh during stretches there and everyone was kind of talking about at halftime that 10 for 13 from three for Michigan that's not sustainable I saw a lot of tweets at halftime saying oh Ohio State's better position statistically to win that game I didn't agree with that at halftime I came into the game thinking Ohio State was going to win it I came in into halftime thinking Michigan was going to win it because Ohio State's defense was far and away worse than the Wolverine defense in that first half. Ohio State made shots, made a ton of tough shots in that first half. Washington Jr., C.J. Walker, those two come to mind in terms of the tough shot makers. Obviously, E.J. Odell is fantastic, but his were a little bit easier because he was just kind of exposing Hunter Dickinson, who can't guard him. And conversely, E.J. Odell can't really guard Hunter Dickinson. Not many people yeah. can. So, uh 
it was Walker and Washington Jr. right making those tough shots. That first half defense for Ohio State was disastrous, terrible at times, just giving up easy layups, ton of penetration, offense rebounds, whatever you have. And ultimately, Michigan came out with the win, and I'll give you my X factor from this game after you kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I thought the key matchup, the key difference in this game would be the fact that Ohio State's defense trails behind what Michigan is able to do offensively. The Buckeyes came into the day, the 62nd ranked team in terms of defensive efficiency in all of the country. They're now down to 86th after giving up 92 points in the 92 to 87 win for Michigan. But I also believe Michigan's offense was at another level today. And I thought the matchup was so funny between EJ Liddell and Hunter Dickinson because both guarding the other guy was a matchup nightmare for their respective teams. Hunter Dickinson could not keep up with EJ Liddell, who was spacing out the floor, knocking down some threes for deep. But Hunter Dickinson was a matchup nightmare for EJ Liddell guarding him. And that's what I thought was going to be the key difference in the game as well. Both players performing really well. Hunter Dickinson with 22 points, EJ Liddell with 23, a double-double for the Buckeyes. It was a very interesting game to me. My overall takeaway being that both of these teams are true legitimate Final Four contenders. I still think both of these teams are on that one line. Illinois might be able to knock off Ohio State, but I do believe that the Buckeyes did do anything to really discredit their resume so far. I think they prove they are a true number one seed as we look at the NCAA tournament and still a very dangerous team as we get into this late stretch of February into early March. I think my question coming in was which supporting cast, which bench is going to have a guy that steps forward. And that was Michigan's bench. And that was Chandy Brown. Oh, I thought yeah. it was the best player on the court in the second half. Not, not just not just stepping up as some X factor off the bench, gave you a couple good minutes. I thought he was the best player on the court in the second half. I really did. When he came into the game the second time, he subbed out after an initial stint, came in the second time with like seven, eight minutes left, I want to say. He was hounding C.J. Walker, and it was mm-hmm. his hounding defense that forced a quick turnover, by the way, the first time he hounded him up the floor. Walker didn't turn it over, but it was that pressure initially that created some confusion. Ohio State actually had to give the ball – uh, to someone else to bring it up, I remember once because Brown was denying the inbounds pass. His energy defensively was tremendous, and his offense as well hit a huge jumper on the baseline, gorgeous jumper uh, in the clutch. And then obviously the other difference was that ridiculously boneheaded play in such a beautiful game that behind the back pass from Justice Suing. Yeah, we can't uh, we can't overlook that. It, it was disappointing. I don't know what else to say about that. Wasn't good defense. Was just a disaster on all fronts. The pass wasn't good at all. Neither player looked for the ball. It was a blame everybody kind of situation. It was just terrible and a terrible end to a fantastic game. But Michigan deserved the win. And Johnny Brown, I thought, was the X factor and the MVP for Michigan in that second half. Johnny Brown is a dog. The grad transfer from Wake Forest who – Actually played really well in that first half as well. Three of three is what he started from deep. He was a part of that Michigan offense that was rolling so well. There was a part probably 15 minutes into the game where both Ohio State and Michigan were a combined 14 of 23 from deep. They were shooting the lights out of the ball on a cold day in Columbus. It was hot inside Value City Arena. That was for sure on Sunday afternoon. A classic. But I think that's where you see Michigan's ability to close out games and win late. Ohio State made the mistakes. Michigan didn't. And that's why they were able to seal the deal and get that victory. You have that experience when you have guys like Shondi Brown and Mike Smith who bring in all the experience they have now bring it into the Big Ten. And Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner, really those parts on the outside that Yeah, Franz only a sophomore, but he played so much last year in his freshman year. He understands the program, obviously, with his brother Mo. And then you have Hunter Dickinson, who, again, was tremendous. A freshman down low that really, at points, dominated 
offensively and forced Ohio State to focus on him down low. I think that's a huge reason Michigan won and a great victory for Jawan Howard and company winning 92 to 87. I think this all but confirms, at least in my mind, that Jawan Howard should be the national coach of the year. I know Nate Oates is doing spectacular things at Alabama this season, but what Jawan Howard has been able to do in his second year at the helm of this Michigan basketball program, and it's not like he built it from the ground up. It was in a great place after John Beeline left. But I think Jawan Howard needs to be the national player of the year, national coach of the year, rather. Excuse me. I agree. And it's been the one thing about Michigan athletics that I've never critiqued, that I've always respected and loved. I love Jawan Howard in the NBA growing up. I loved Jawan Howard on the Miami Heat staff growing up. I thought he was a guy that never got mentioned when you talk about LeBron and that entire organization during that time of winning championships and change and transition. All the credit went to Spo, kind of after the fact, but he was as important as anybody. And I've loved Juwan Howard at Michigan. He is a Michigan man. He was built for this job. I don't mean to brag here as we're doing our weekend recap of this Big Ten Hoops weekend, but I had a good weekend. Betting-wise, laying down some money, winning some wagers. I did that all at betonline.ag. Five of my six picks that I put into betonline.ag won some money. The only one that didn't, Rutgers winning at home over Maryland. That, as you know, was my locked-on lock from Friday's weekend preview. However, sometimes it doesn't work out. But five out of six, don't let Big Ten Ben get hot. I am hot right now at betonline.ag. We are in the thick of college basketball season. We're coming down the home stretch. And BetOnline has you covered in more ways than one. They even cover awards, TV shows, reality TV, whatever it is, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. D-O-N, no spaces in there, at betonline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus. No Big Ten basketball on this Monday night, but some games coming up on Tuesday. Those odds should be coming out Monday afternoon, this afternoon, to get you set up for Tuesday's action of the Big Ten basketball season. All that happening at betonline.ag. So again, when you go to their website or use your mobile device at betonline.ag, you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're covering everything you need to know about the Big Ten Basketball Conference in this past weekend of basketball action with the host of Locked On Badgers, Asher Lowe, on this podcast. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. And after this fantastic weekend of Big Ten Basketball, what do you think they want to talk about for a little portion of Locked On Today? That's right. Big Ten basketball. I am on the show today, so give that a listen. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. On this Locked On Big Ten show, our weekend recap continues with the host of Locked On Badgers, Asher Lowe. 
Chris Holman's done a tremendous job. If you were going one, two in the conference for big 10 coach of the year, right? It's absolutely those two. And either way you slice it, I wouldn't have a huge problem with it. I do think it will end up being though, Jawan Howard. If you're going to throw anybody else in the, in the national coach of the year conversation, Ben, just take a wild guess at who I, who I, Asher Lowe might throw into the national coach of the year conversation. You're not going to say Mark Few. Oh, I'm absolutely going to say Mark Few. For doing what? Taking one of the most talented rosters in college basketball from where they've always been? He hasn't done anything different this talented year. Roster? Uh, okay, I, can, I, I, I can't respond because I can go on for 15 minutes. This yeah, is I know. Yeah. I, can't, I can't respond to that. Right. You're wrong, but I can't, I can't tell you why because it would take half your show. Sorry. On next episode of Locked on WCC, we'll bring that up. Yeah, sounds okay. good. But So as we transition from the game between Michigan and Ohio State again, the Wolverines getting a five-point victory on the road in Columbus, the first time they've won in Columbus since the 2014 season. Michigan, Ohio State will hover around the top five in this latest AP poll that comes out today. Both should be on the one line still, but the other team that has an argument for it is Illinois after their drumming of home Minnesota, another top five team on Saturday afternoon, Illinois winning by 31 points, 94 63 in the barn against Minnesota, who in the barn has been spectacular this season. And again, we are seeing Io DeSumo and what he is capable of doing for this Illini team, a triple double, the second triple double he has had in three games. It has, in the 115 years of Illinois men's, um, Illinois men's basketball, there was two triple-doubles prior to Io DeSumo, who had two triple-doubles in about a week's time frame. He is incredible. Is he the Big Ten player of the year? I still think that goes to Luca Garza. But I think Illinois can make a claim to be the best team in the Big Ten Conference. Andy Katz said today on the Big Ten postgame show, might have been the pregame show, not sure which show it was, but it was him on Big Ten Network saying that if he had a vote right now, for Big Ten Player of the Year, he'd actually give it to both. I would assume and Luka Garza, and I obviously you can't do that, but I kind of agree with that right now. I really can't separate the two. In terms of Big Ten Player of the Year, I think Garza is the overall just better collegiate player. I think Iowa is obviously the better, obviously, the better NBA prospect, but they're both incredible in their own right. They do very different things well, right? I think it's a tough comparison also to try to cross-compare those two guys and what they bring to their individual teams. It's not an easy, uh, oh, he does that, he does that type of thing. You can't really put them in the same situation ever on the floor. But Illinois is, before the year, was the team I thought was the best team in the Big Ten, and I didn't even think it was that close before the year. Then the middle of the year, I think we all kind of thought, wait, what's going on here with Brad Underwood's squad? Do they have an issue relying on Io and Kofi and not having any help outside of them? Are they just over-relying on these two guys if – does Io playing amazingly well actually help this team? Like, does him scoring thirty help them, or, or do they need more balanced, uh, more balanced attack overall? Is their defense as good as we thought it was going to be? I think that was something that surprised me most was how bad their defense looked at times. That Rutgers game comes to mind a few, uh, maybe two months ago now. Remember that game with the rack? The second half defense for Illinois was a disaster. That wasn't something I was expecting all year from them going into the year, and now we're back at that place. We've swung the pendulum back to, I think both you and I agree, based on your Twitter feed, that they are now, once again, the best team in the Big Ten and the team best suited to make a Final Four run in March. There are times that we saw in the midweek game against Northwestern that Illinois can be a little bit streaky. They allow teams to go on runs when they can get a little bit cold. That was not the case on Saturday when they absolutely hammered Minnesota, really, from the tip 
all the way through those 40 minutes in the Twin Cities. And that's where I think at times you can say Michigan is a little bit more balanced across the board. But Illinois' best, in my mind, is the best from the Big Ten Conference. That's why I still think, like Asher just said, we've had this conversation multiple times on this show, that Illinois is the team best suited out of the Big Ten Conference to make a deep run in March. The conversation will obviously be about Michigan, about Illinois, Ohio State in there. Illinois won seven straight, a team that's now won four straight, Iowa, playing some really good basketball. As we talk about the Big Ten Player of the Year conversation, Iodasumu is there, but I still think it's Luka Garza. And Luka's last two games kind of prove why to me. 30 points and eight rebounds against Wisconsin on Thursday night. And then on Sunday, getting into the Iowa history books even more, becoming the leading scorer in Iowa men's basketball program history with a 23-point, 11-rebound performance that you look at in the box score and you go, yeah, that's what we expect Luka to do. And I think some of that takes away from the shine that he rightfully deserves as the best player in the Big Ten. You know – with Iowa today, specifically, they actually weren't that good. There were long portions of this game where they looked like that Iowa team that lost a few uh, key games in a row, that lost a stretch of games, that looked lost on the defensive end for a stretch of games. Their first half against Penn State today was anything but good. And even when Luka Garza got them going, which it was him that got them going, he had a big mm-hmm. three-point play, actually. I remember that got this team on the right side of it, and they kept on keeping on throughout the last five or six minutes. Penn State had some chances offensively, but they just don't have the individual scoring to keep up with Iowa in the long run over 40 minutes. This wasn't their best. Uh, And even that Wisconsin game, that score doesn't really dictate, I don't think, how well they played, especially in the second half. That game was really close, but I don't know if it should have been. Uh, At the end of that second half, it was actually really close. I mean, it it was literally a three point game with like eight minutes left. I know it was a 15 point win and they're up by 20 at one point at the end of the game, but that game was closer. The Michigan state game was a great example of how dominant they can be because their supporting cast when they played the way they did against Sparty. And that game, by the way, was without CJ Frederick, which is even right. I was going to say 16 from CMAC. When you get 18 and 11 from Nunji, that's when they're dangerous. Garza scoring 30 doesn't scare me in terms of March really doesn't. Well, and I think that's a lot of the reason that people think, oh, we could have another Big Ten player of the year is because we expect Luka Garza to put up 30. Iowa playing well right now, winning four straight. They're not quite to the one seed line that Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois are in the conversation of, but playing some good basketball. A full weekend of Big Ten basketball is great, but we got to stay energized for all of it. Seven games in two days, three on Saturday, four on Sunday, especially on Sunday when you might be a little bit more sluggish. Maybe it's a lazy day on your couch. How do you keep the energy high? For me, my answer is always Built Bar because Built Bar is a protein bar that literally tastes like a candy bar, and it's the best protein bar you will ever eat because it has health benefits, but it tastes like you are eating dessert. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. Soft and easy to chew. My tip for you always, throw it in the freezer for about 10, 15 minutes. Let it even get that much more crisp. What a delight it is. A tasty treat while you're watching your favorite Big Ten team. And Built Bars are healthy. Perfect for the health-conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. They have everything you need, none of the bad stuff that's going to slow you down. We can't have that on a full weekend of Big Ten basketball. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com.
college basketball is first and foremost in our mind in this Big Ten basketball season. But the offseason for the NFL is always very exciting. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, every team, and every move around the National Football League. Get your picks previews for whatever they might be and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your favorite shows. I hope this is one of your favorite shows. If you're listening for the first time, we hope to bring you in. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get this podcast. We continue our Big Ten Basketball Weekend Recap, talking about some of the best and worst performances from these past two days. We've talked about three of the games from this Big Ten basketball weekend. It is Ben Stevens of this Locked On Big Ten podcast, Asher Lowe of Locked On Badgers. Of the other four games, Asher, that you saw throughout the weekend, what was one that stood out in your mind if you want to talk about Wisconsin here and them desperately getting a win they had to have and looking pretty good against Northwestern? You may do so. This was a really good, and I, I don't like I don't like gloating, but this was a really good game for my my takes all season mm-hmm. long. Okay. This went over Northwestern. The first half against Northwestern, Wisconsin scored 34 points. Mm-hmm. 32 of those 34 were scored by Micah Potter, Demetrius Trice, or Jonathan Davis. 32 of 34. There was a stretch in that first half, Ben, of nearly five minutes where Wisconsin didn't score a point. Demetrius Trice and Micah Potter were not in the game for those nearly five minutes. Mm-hmm. Johnny Davis was, but yeah. The beginning of the first half and the beginning of the second half, you only had Trice of those three on the floor, and Wisconsin struggled both to begin the game and to begin the second half. And it's not rocket science. Wisconsin basically has three guys that can create their own offense at this point. Aline Ford can do it once in once a week, once every mm-hmm. four games he can do it. The other three games, he's a standstill three-point shooter and can't really finish bunnies at the rim. And that angers you. You want him to attack. You want him to be aggressive. You want him to use his. I want him to attack the rack, but also I just want the creators on the floor with the basketball in their hands. It's pretty simple. I just want Demetri Trice and Micah Potter spamming pick and roll. Spam it. Just spam it like 25 times a game. I don't care. It works. When Potter's hitting pick and pop threes, which is the most important shot in Wisconsin basketball's offense, you can't mm-hmm. guard that. He can get that wide open three all anytime he wants. Trice is like the best long two shooter in college basketball. Like literally Daryl Morey's when he goes to sleep, he thinks of Demetri Trice in his mind when he's having nightmares, hitting long twos a step inside the line. Yeah. The offensive creators have to be on the floor. I said the rule should be that two of those three are on the floor at all times with Trice, Potter, and Davis. And when they are, this team's great uh, against below average teams. The problem is, that you can't have a five-minute drought against the top four Big Ten team and expect to win. There's a reason Wisconsin's 0-5 against the top four in the Big Ten, and they showed you why again tonight in a win they had a five-minute drought. Ben, you think, as a more of an unbiased person watching these teams, that Wisconsin can have a five-minute scoring drought against Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, or who am I, Ohio State, and expect to win? No, they can't. They definitely can't. No way. There's no no way. I also want to shout out, last point, Brad Davison and Tyler Wall, both fantastic defensively. Tyler Wall had a crazy sequence in the second half, regarded like four players at once, and then got a steal. And Brad Davison, at the end of the first half, I think really lifted Wisconsin defensively, forced two turnovers, had a cheap foul that should have been a third turnover that he forced, and kind of locked Northwestern down, 
to turn what was a close game into a 10-point Wisconsin lead at half. Badgers never really looked back in the second half. So credit to those guys on that end. But it's all about the creators. Trice, Davis, Potter. I would agree with you. And I think Wisconsin controlled the pace against Northwestern, got back to a brand of basketball we expected to see out of this Badgers team. So that a good, impressive performance, a team that needed a win, another team that needed a win on Saturday, Indiana. What did they do? Had one of the most disappointing results of their season, the most classic Archie Miller thing that can happen in a game they absolutely need to win at home against a struggling Michigan State team. They lose the game, and now Indiana in danger of having their bubble burst as they look at the NCAA tournament. I watched this whole game. I watched the entire thing start to finish, and I could 100% believe what I was seeing because I've seen it so many times. The Archie Miller special, the Archie Miller pick and roll, the oldest play in his playbook, blowing a key game when you're on the bubble, when you're dominating a bad, let's just call them what they are. They're a bad Michigan State team. Mm -hmm. And they didn't win this game. Indiana absolutely lost it. Absolutely lost it. Indiana has a huge issue. And they've had it all year, and it hasn't changed, and it won't change. They don't have consistent guards. You're right. You don't have a great consistent guard in college basketball. Sorry. I mean, you're done. Look at the top teams in the Big Ten right now, right? Even Wisconsin with Dimitri Trice. Michigan, Mike Smith has been a revelation to me this year. He's been awesome. And Franz Wagner is a guard. Yeah. He's an NBA player, and he's a tremendous talent. Io is Io. Already talked about him enough. Dwayne Washington Jr., the second half of the year, has been an NBA player. The best Dwayne Washington Jr. we've ever seen. And he was the best version of himself today in the biggest game of the year for Ohio State so far. Indiana doesn't have that guy. Armand Franklin is not that dude. I'm sorry. He's good, but he's not that dude. Durham and Finnessy, offensively, Rob Finnessy had a goose egg in 30 minutes. I mean, Christian Lander, I oh, how? All right. I, I, I don't want to be too mean to the kid. I just want to ask the – I'm not blaming him for this. Right. Who went and watched him play and said, that guy is a five-star, undoubtedly top 20 player in the class? I just I, – I don't even see the – usually when a guy is struggling, right, when, when, a, when a five-star is struggling, you can still see what made them a five-star, right? Like most of the time, it, it makes sense. Um, a good example is uh, Jalen Johnson has been in the news a lot for different reasons, right? Wasn't playing great, but if you watch Jalen Johnson play, you're like, yeah, you can see why that guy's a five-star. It takes you like a minute, and you're like, he looks a little different than a lot of people, right? Is that right. fair? What about Christian Lander? And this is not a rhetorical question if you want to answer. Just just screams different to you. Screams five-star. What about his game is different and, and cool? I can't say what he looked like in high school. I didn't watch his mixtapes or anything. There's been times where I think his shot and what he can do offensively is at a really high bar. I also think Archie kind of screwed it up because they didn't play him a lot in the non-conference. He is a disaster defensively. Frankly, Christian Lander cannot defend at this level. He also enrolled early. He should still be a senior in high school, not to give the kid a caveat, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but he didn't play time. well. 
he didn't play well defensively early on. Archie did not allow him to develop. And now trying to put him in these situations late in Big Ten play is kind of a recipe for disaster. It's not going to work very well. In Indiana, this was an absolute disaster. I agree with you. If they could give Trace Jackson Davis just a little bit of guard play, like a little bit of help, they would be a better than middle of the pack Big Ten team because they have talent and they have one of the best players in all of the conference but they have results like they do on Saturday against Michigan State. And now Indiana truly is in danger of missing the NCAA tournament that will be played in the great state of Indiana with games played in Assembly Hall. That might be damning for Archie Miller. And I know a lot of IU fans already kind of want to see him leave Bloomington. The loss to Michigan State, when you are the home team, qualifies as a quad three loss. That is a terrible terrible loss in the eyes of the selection committee. And now that we're less than three weeks away from selection Sunday, that is not what you need. Speaking with Asher Lowe, the host of Locked On Badgers, quickly recapping the final two games of this Big Ten weekend. We had two games we have not touched on yet. Two results, one that was really good for Maryland going on the road to the rack in beating Rutgers, making Rutgers look pretty bad in doing so. This might solidify Maryland's NCAA tournament resume themselves. This I now believe is their fifth or fourth Quad one road win that's tied for most in the country with Ohio State or trails Ohio State. My numbers there are not great, but a huge road win for Maryland that almost seals the deal on their NCAA tournament resume. And then Purdue on Saturday night handling Nebraska like Purdue probably should have handled the Huskers and they did exactly what they needed to do. I do want to give a quick shot to Aaron Henry just because we didn't give Michigan State any love there. I do want to give him love for the best 40 minutes I've seen him play in Spartan Green mm-hmm. 27 and 5. For him, like I said, played all 40 minutes, didn't come out of the game, and dominated at times the second half and helped bring Michigan State back when it looked over. Middle of the first half was a real catalyst for bringing them back into this game in the first place. Yeah, I mean, the game was over after like 10 minutes, and and he and, and Gabe Brown uh, and, and Langford really brought them back, and uh, Michigan State's guards were better than uh, – Lang- I mean, Langford was better than any guard on Indiana's roster. So – there you go. Yeah, Purdue handled business. Nebraska's still bad. I'm glad they got a win. Yeah, Big they got Ten win. Was, I thought it was a deserved Big Ten win. I mean, they deserved a win in this Big Ten season. Um, looking forward, I can't wait, Ben, for some Illinois-Michigan action. I can't wait for that game to possibly live up to uh, the one that happened on Sunday, today as we record this. But – I'd be surprised. I, I think that that Michigan Ohio State game, by the way, I don't know if you agree with this, was probably the best college basketball game I've watched in like three years. Yeah, it was it was some incredible quality of basketball. Great back and forth. People making shots. The defense, like you mentioned, at times maybe not great, but really just really great offensive execution. It was one of the best college basketball games I've watched in a while. I think a lot of people all around the college basketball world felt that way on Sunday afternoon. You talk about a Michigan team that has a couple rescheduled games in there coming off of their COVID pause. One of those Thursday night against Iowa as well. And then Iowa plays Michigan into Ohio State on Sunday of this upcoming weekend. So they have a lot coming in the ending portion of this Big Ten regular season. This has been the weekend recap of the past weekend, bringing you the insight, the knowledge, the expertise, as he always does. Our good friend, our dear friend, the host of Locked On Badgers, Asher Lowe. Asher, as always, thank you for your time, my friend. No problem. On Wisconsin, Mark Few, Coach of the Year. You always have to say something to end out the episode, huh? Just, Just something to get him riled up. It's always always the ending. 
many thanks again to my guy, Asher Lowe, for coming on today's podcast. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Lowe underscore 33 and to check out the Locked On Badgers podcast for an even deeper dive into Wisconsin basketball. A big win for Greg Gard and company in the weekend nightcap on Sunday night, a win over Northwestern. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, it's a Tuesday. You know what that means. State of the program where we check in with one of the member institutions around this glorious conference. So much to talk about in the Big Ten world. We'll see what Tuesday has to offer, and it will be a very exciting show. So until we get to the State of the Program episode on Tuesday, before we do that, have a splendid Monday. (music) 